Hi, this is Sam Chan, and welcome to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. Hi, my name is Sam Chan, and I'm talking to you today about leader slips, leader slips, hazards in organizational growth hazards in organizational growth. A few items in leader slips. One, time allocation. Time allocation. Uh, Did you notice I didn't say time management? I said time allocation. So what's the difference in management and allocation? Management is when you can control the amount. When you can control the amount. Allocation is when you control over function. Control over function. So let me say that again. Management, if it was time management, you would have control over the amount of time. Time allocation, you have control over the function of that time. So, questions for you. In management, if you have control over the amount, do you have any control over the amount? No, you don't. Like it or not, you're gonna get 24 hours. There'll be 60 minutes in every hour. There'll be 60 seconds in every minute. It will be what it is. You have no control over the amount. So you cannot manage time. But time allocation says you have 24 hours, but you can control the function. In management, you you try to control the amount, but you can't. So when you manage money, you manage what you have. You don't create, you don't add, you manage what you have. And the amount is all you can manage. If you have facilities, you have X amount of square meters or square feet, you manage that because it is a set amount. But in allocation, you manage the function of what you can control. You control the function. So there's no such thing as time management. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm feeling the pushback right now. Uh, Pull back, pull back, pull back. There's no such thing as time management because you cannot control the amount. But there is definitely something known as time allocation because you can control the function of time in your life. So let's talk about time allocation. Because, Because time management is like raking, raking water raking water. It's still going to be wet. still going to be there. You're going to feel like you did something, but nothing really happened. Let's talk about time allocation. Three quick things. Number one, schedule your priorities instead of prioritizing your schedule. Let me say that again. Schedule your priorities rather than prioritizing your schedule. So that means if you have priorities, you schedule them. And you don't schedule and then try to prioritize them. 
because when you schedule your priorities, you start focusing on them, you start planning for them, and now you are doing allocation of resources, allocation of time, allocation of attention, allocation of finances, your al because time is all that is included in time. Did you know every minute you're living, it's costing somebody something, it's costing you something? Every moment you're living, right now, I am recording this uh, uh, segment for you on leader slips. Every minute has got dollars attached to it. I'm in a studio. I have somebody running the cameras. There's lights. There's electricity. There are uh, materials. Every, every minute is costing somebody something somewhere. There's no such thing as free time. You're sleeping in someone's space. You're laying your head on somebody's pillow. It is costing something. So when we talk about time, time, time is not just this. Time encapsulates all of those things. So schedule your priorities instead of prioritizing your schedule. Number two, you've got to decide how you're going to deal with interruptions. Decide how you're going to deal with interruptions. Not every interruption has to interrupt. And not every interruption is an interruption if you can turn it into something productive. And not every interruption is going to be a time wastage because some interruptions can take you in directions that you were not anticipating. But you've got to know how you're going to handle interruptions. You don't control interruptions. Hear me now. You don't control interruptions. Interruptions just happen. They just happen. You can put a sign on the door saying, do not interrupt. Can I tell you, the day you put the sign up, you'll have more interruptions. You can put your uh, telephone on DND, do not disturb. But that's not the only way to reach you. You don't control interruptions. You've got to know, I'm talking about time allocation, controlling the function, how you're going to respond to interruptions, how you're going to frame interruptions, how you're going to deal with interruptions as they come your way. And the third one is, how do you maximize your day? How do you maximize your day? If somebody is to stop you and say, did you maximize today? What will be your answer? Because if you don't have a plan to maximize your day, you'll never maximize your day. Maximizing your day goes back to the first one. Your schedule, your priorities. If your scheduled priorities, not everything on your list, but if your scheduled priorities got accomplished, you have maximized your day. I'm going to give you a nugget. If it is not on in your diary, if it's not on your calendar, if it's not on your schedule, it probably will not happen. You know that thing you've been meaning to do? Unless you put a date and a time on it, it won't happen. So, so th th this, this uh, uh, interaction we are having right now, it didn't happen sporadically, accidentally. It happened very intentionally. There was a date on the calendar. There was a time on the calendar. There was a person on the calendar. There was a, a topic on the calendar, which is leader slips. The, everything 
was scheduled. If it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. So there are a lot of people who have a lot of things on the list to do, but if there's no date and time next to it, the possibility of it getting done is diminished greatly. Time allocation. The next one is control versus delegation. Control versus delegation. Now there are people who are micromanagers, I get that. But I'm gonna, if you are a staffer, if you're not the lead leader in your organization, I'm about to give you gold. Platinum actually. Better than diamond. What I'm about to tell you will free you up, even position you for a promotion if you're not the lead leader. I'm going to tell you something about your lead leader, the lead pastor, the CEO, the executive director, the senior pastor. The senior leader has an insatiable appetite to know. And the majority of cases, they don't want to control. They have an insatiable appetite to know, but not to control. So here are the two things. If you want your lead leader to be less controlling, keep them informed. Let me flip the coin over. The lesser information they have, the more controlling they're going to become. Try that experiment. They give you an assignment, shoot them an email, giving them, giving them a status of what's going on. They give you an assignment, shoot them a text as to what is the phase that they're in. As long as they know, they won't control. But when they don't know, you will see the control freak come out. Because every leader has that in them. The control mechanisms are all there. And they get triggered just like that when they don't feel like they're getting the information. Leaders have a need to know, not control. The more controlling they are, the less information they're receiving. The more information they're receiving, the less controlling that will be. And that will be true in not all cases, but the majority of cases. So, discover and delegation. So, in that we do three things. Control and delegation, we do three things. We discover, develop, deploy. Discover, develop, deploy. Discover, develop, deploy. We do three things. Discover, develop, deploy. That's the heart of dealing with control versus delegation. You've got to discover who it is that can actually help you to get to the next place. You've got to discover. What is your discovery process? Discover. And then you got to develop, develop that person that you have discovered. And then you got to deploy. Deployment simply means I have discovered you, I have developed you, and now you have a place that I want you to serve in. Because delegation is different from dumping. Dumping is, we've all had both of them. So delegation is very respectful. Delegation is very respectful, but dumping is very dishonorable and disrespectful. Dumping says, I don't want to do this. You deal with it. Delegation says, 
You know more about it. You're better at it. You're smarter at it. You do it. So delegation is respecting somebody. Dumping is disrespecting somebody. We've had both. We do both. But there's a difference between them. Control, delegation. The more you can give away, the higher you can go. The more you hold on to, the lower you're going to stay. Control versus delegation. I've talked to you about time allocation. I've talked to you about control versus delegation. Let me talk to you about execution. Execution. Execution is are things getting done. Uh, when, when I went, work with organizations, one of the biggest complaints that higher up leaders have is things are not getting done. We talk about it. We discuss it. We have minutes. We have action items. They're emailed to everybody. But things are not getting done. That's the biggest challenge. Things are not getting done. So I'm going to give you a remedy for that. You ready? Write the sentence down. Here's the sentence. Who does what by when? Who does what by when? Who does what by when? Let's unpack that sentence. This sentence will move you towards execution faster than anything else. Who does what by when? Who? You've got to assign a person to it. If you assign everybody to it, it won't get done. You've got to know if it's not happening, who to approach. There should not be any finger pointing because it may not be your fault, but it is still your responsibility. So when you are with people, you have assigned them who needs to know you are responsible. And with this responsibility, you have commensurate authority as well. You are responsible. Who does what? The what has to be absolutely clear. If you have to drop pictures, drop pictures. Whatever you got to do, the what has to be clearly defined in people's minds. Uh, don't, don't think people can read your mind. Don't say ASAP as soon as possible. Don't say, hey, you got it? Don't be asking those kind of questions. You got to know that they know the what precisely. Who does what by when? A deadline. So when you say as soon as possible, I found this in my life, that as soon as, my as soon as possible is always going to be sooner than they're possible. It's pretty simple. My as soon as possible is going to be sooner than they're possible. So if you want something done next Wednesday by 9 o'clock, say that to them. I need this done next Wednesday by 9 o'clock. And then ask them, is that possible? They say, well, Wednesday at 9 o'clock, we'll really be pushing it because then I'll have to stop doing this and start doing that. Is it okay if I get it to you Thursday by 9 o'clock? At that time, you can make a decision. Yay, nay. If it is yes, it is yes. If it is no, then you are giving them the opportunity to not do what they're doing so they can do what you want them to do. Who does what by when? So next time you're in a meeting, 
before you move on from agenda item number two to agenda item number three to agenda item number four at the end of every agenda item you've got to answer these three points in that one sentence who does what by when and if you are in an organization you need a little extra help take this video in with you play them the segment Start practicing it. Give your team a challenge that after every item, we will delineate who, what, and when. And we're going to hold each other accountable for that. Experiment that for three months and see your execution productivity go higher and higher. So I've talked to you about time allocation. I've talked to you about control versus delegation. I just talked to you about execution. Now I want to talk to you about future thinking because I'm talking about leader slips, hazards in organizational growth. Future thinking. Can I tell you the rest of your life is not going to be in the past? It's going to be in the future? You've got to surround yourself with people who can carry you in the future because the unfortunate lesson of life is people who brought you here, people who started with you will probably not finish with you. People who brought you here are probably not the people who are going to take you to the next chapter of your life. You want leaders who can take the journey with you, who have future thinking, who are not holding on to history, because you see, the greatest tension in an organization is between your history, where you've been, and your horizon, where you're going. Your history, your past, your horizon, your future. Now with history and horizon, they both have their, uh, their, uh, their value. History says we've got to learn and grow. Horizon says we've got to stretch and go. And the tension is between the two. But we learn from history, but we go towards our horizons, future thinking. You want people who are not necessarily historians, but who are futurists as well, who are as excited about where you're going as where we have come from. Because where we have come from is important. We don't want to negate that, don't want to forget it, don't want to devalue it. Where you come from is important. But where we're going is even more important because we don't live in where we came from. We're going to live in where we're going. So you want people who are future thinking. This is what I, I know. You got to deal with, you got to take advantage of, you got to utilize the opportunity of a lifetime in the lifetime of the opportunity. You got to utilize the opportunity of a lifetime in the lifetime of the opportunity. Every opportunity is time bound. Every opportunity has an expiration date on it, expiry date on it. Every opportunity is not permanent. Opportunities are never postponed. They get canceled. The opportunities you have today, you've not had them before, you may not have them again. You had them today. So you've got to utilize the opportunity of a lifetime in the lifetime of the opportunity. Future thinking. And finally, I want to talk to you about legacy. Legacy. This subject is so dear to my heart. 
See, legacy is different from inheritance. Inheritance is what you're going to leave behind. Legacy is who you're going to leave behind. Inheritance is houses, cars, lands, stocks, bonds, insurance policies, bank accounts, businesses. All that is good. I'm not against any of that. The Bible says he who leaves an inheritance leaves a good thing. So that's a good thing. But whatever you're going to leave is going to get spent, burnt, destroyed over time. Uh, kings left inheritance of palaces, which are now ruins, pyramids, they are ruins. Uh, so inheritance is stuff. Inheritance is things. Inheritance are temporal. Inheritance is time-bound. Legacy, on the other hand, is eternal. Because we were built forever. We're going to spend eternal life somewhere, here or there, in the air, below, above, heaven, hell. We all built to be eternal. So that's not the issue. The question is, the legacy is going to be then placed into vessels known as human beings that are eternal as well. At your funeral, at my funeral, someone's going to ask, so how much did he leave behind? How much did she leave behind? Can I give you the short answer? One word. Everything. No, didn't take anything. Left. Everything. Here. Didn't take anything. Legacy is the people that you have invested in. So many people have invested in my life. And I've invested in the lives of so many. Because I understand it's not what you leave behind, it is who you leave behind.